a good start for the Minnesota Wild, but ultimately they fall at the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights 4-1. to one. We'll break down all the action on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. You are Locked on Wild postcast, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Minnesota Wild fall by a score of 4-1 to one to the Vegas Golden Knights. They do keep their hold on first place after the Colorado Avalanche able to beat the Dallas Stars. We are breaking down all the action on today's Locked on Wild postcast. Seth Topal joined by Kevin Gorg. And Kevin, a good start. Wild get the first goal of the game, but um, obviously the Mason Shaw situation seemed like it kind of took the life out of the team a little bit, and Vegas ends up getting a win at home. Just felt like maybe a bounce or two here, and the Wild were right in it till the end. Yeah, they were. You know, I think it, I think the team just talking to a couple of the guys here, getting back to the hotel uh, in Vegas tonight. They were disappointed. Felt they had uh, not only some chances, but you know, the type of game that if they play their absolute best, they probably win. I agree with Dean Evison in his post game press when we asked him about the game. He thought the try was there, the effort was there, but they were not as sharp as they have been. And I think you get a one nothing lead and if you lock things down a little bit, uh, you can kind of sustain that momentum. They allowed Vegas to come right back at them. And once that building got going, um, it was tough. And I do agree. The Mason shot thing was really tough to watch. You know, most people in Minnesota know the backstory. Everybody of course on that wild bench knows the uh, injuries he's come back from the, uh, the history there and, and how bad that looked because it was a non-contact situation. And, he couldn't put any weight on it, leaving the ice. And we're going to hope for the best, but, you know, I mean, we've been around the game long enough and we're not going to need to speculate. It just looked really pretty tough and uh, such a remarkable young man. I feel real bad for Mason Shaw, but we'll wait and get some news when we get back to the Twin Cities and keep him in our thoughts. Yeah, fingers crossed for uh, for Mason that it's not anything too serious, but um, whatever does end up happening, if he misses time, uh, the Wild will go next man up to uh, to fill a very important spot on this team. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit here uh, later on in the show, but did want to just go back. You know, you talk about the day that Marc Andre Fleury had. He does give up the three goals in similar spots, and it just feels like you know. You look at the first one. Jake Middleton has his stick disintegrates and is not able <laughs> to get um, anything on it right in front of Fleury. And uh, a couple of those other ones, it feels like if he just is able to get a piece of it, and I know it's a tough angle, but if he's able to even get a little piece of it, he can maybe deflect it out as opposed to going in. Yeah, I think the first one was real tough. Second one through traffic, uh, you know, it was a C&I situation. And I think from a goaltender's perspective, when you can't see the puck and it's at a bad angle, you want to take a little more of that crease. You want to come out a little further. I think if he had it to do over again, maybe – uh, not so far back. Uh, he was really having a hard time tracking the puck. It happened in a blink right off a faceoff. You don't normally even see a shot from that type of angle, but uh, very heady play. And, and Flurry never really did track it until it was too late. And that was a really big goal in the hockey game. That's when the building really started to jump. And it's uh, T Mobile's a different animal, man. If, if Wild fans haven't been out here, um, put it on your bucket list. It's unlike any other place I've watched a game, it's, it's loud. It's energetic. It feels more like a, a Vegas show than a hockey game, but in a good way. Um, and there were a lot of wild fans that took it in tonight. And I just felt like at 3-1, you know, if they just could have got the next goal to keep Vegas honest. That two-goal lead stayed pretty comfortable all the way through the period. 
uh, in the third there. But Minnesota had a couple of really good looks. And you make it 3-2, does two things. It tightens up the team that's in the lead, and it energizes the team that's chasing. And they just could not get that next goal in the game that they had to have. Flurry made some great saves along the way to keep it at 3-1. But in the end, it just wasn't their night. I'll be super excited, Seth, to talk with you on Monday night. I'm expecting a big response from the Wild when they get back to St. Paul. Yeah, I, I agree. It, and it's a team that has done this all season. They they bounce back after tough circumstances. And you talk about the offense and Brassois, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, he had plenty of rebounds that he served up. And it just, you look at that Vegas defense, they did a good job of clogging the front of the net to prevent the Wild from getting position there to deflect any of those rebounds in. Yeah, I thought Ryan Carter made a really good point on our Valley Sports North uh, broadcast tonight about Brassois was playing very well. He was making critical saves at key moments, but he didn't look sharp doing it. And I think Carter's point was there were those rebounds that were available, and there were shots where he looked behind him and, and looked uncomfortable not knowing where the puck was. But I also agree with what Ryan Carter said during the show that Vegas might have the deepest and best blue line in the National Hockey League, and getting to that blue paint against Vegas is – much more difficult than a lot of other teams. And so keep that in mind when you look forward to that rematch in St. Paul on Monday night. Uh, Minnesota has to find a way to kind of penetrate that exterior around that that slot area because if you don't get there in this league, especially against Vegas, you're not going to get those second and third looks and you're going to be chasing again. Wild did get Brandon Duhame and Ryan Reeves back into the lineup. Jonas Brodeen, who was a game-time decision, also played. So – some guys that uh, that have missed the last couple of games able to get back in and saw what you would typically see I thought from Duhame from Reeves just doing their doing their thing and blending right in with that lineup. I love Duhame. I love the speed and energy he brings to this hockey team. He's one of those players that you don't like when you're rattling through key guys in certain games you don't always think of him. But then you watch the uh, the way he plays the game, the tone that he sets, home or away. He's very consistent. He's got a lot more skill than you think he has. He's one of those sneaky good players. And uh, I'm with you on Reeves. I thought Reeves was physical. He was imposing. I'll be curious to see how Dean Everson plays this thing out if, if Mason Shaw has to miss some time, which we all think is likely. That line with, with Dewar, Shaw, and, and Reeves had something special. And how do they recreate that? Because I do think this is a team that's at their very best when all four lines are making uh, big-time contributions. And I, I just don't think it's going to be super easy to just replicate what Mason Shaw brings. Uh, he's just a warrior. He's awesome at getting under the skin of the opposition. He's so good on the penalty kill. And he just has that sandpaper that irritates you know other players. And so those are going to be big shoes to fill if, if they're needed uh, in, in that spot. And, and I, again, Dean Everson's got some major decisions to make here in the closing weeks and into the playoffs. And so uh, that's one of those where, yeah, the depth is great. Sam Steele looks like the most likely guy to hop in on Monday. But I just don't assume that anyone can fill the void that Mason Shaw might leave here for a little while. Yeah, it's it's going to be big shoes to fill, uh, depending on how long he is out. But we'll talk about um, what the Wild do in uh, game two of this home-and-home and how you approach playing the same opponent uh, in the regular season in back-to-back games, plus Kirill Kaprizov and uh, Gustav Nyquist also hopefully getting close as well. We'll talk about all of that when we continue tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast 
after a word from our sponsor, which is tonight's the official sports betting partner of Locked On, FanDuel Sportsbook. We are down to the national championship game, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team cuts down the net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Continuing tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast, Minnesota Wild fall 4-1 to one to the Vegas Golden Knights. But as mentioned, they maintain their hold on first place because uh, Dallas won on Thursday night and uh, or won last night and lost tonight. So uh, they the Wild maintain that one-point lead. Kevin, how do you handle playing a team twice in consecutive games uh, when it's not the playoffs? Do, do you throw some new things out there, or, or do the Wild just treat this like a, any other regular season game? Well, you get home, home ice advantage, which gives you the last change. So maybe some of those matchups where, you know, you look at Petrangelo and some of those top defensemen that the Golden Knights have, maybe you get some good matchups for Matt Boldy's line. Um, I don't think the Wild are going to change much other than I think they're going to want to play with a little more grit and physical play. That's Dean Evison's MO when he gets back into a corner. I think that will be the message to the team. He hinted at that after the game tonight. Uh, you're back at home. Get that physical play going. Vegas is a, a team that likes to play a speedy game through the neutral zone. You're going to want to clog that up. I, I would expect Minnesota to have a physical feel to that game early to get the crowd into it. And then just play with a chip on your shoulder. This is a Vegas team that's got you twice. This is your third and final chance of the regular season. And there needs to be a message sent because you likely, uh, you have hopes and aspirations of making a run here in the postseason. And, you know, Vegas is going to be out there at some point. Uh, you want to show that you can beat that hockey team. And, and I think Monday's a great chance to send that message too. Um, any updates with Kirill or uh, Gustav Nyquist? I know the last update we had was that uh, Kirill was going to hopefully skate here uh, here soon, and uh, we've heard Nyquist um, getting in and warmups here uh, as well. So it looks like there looks like Nyquist is closer uh, than Kirill is at this point. Yeah, Nyquist has practiced, and uh, at first it was no contact, but now he's progressing. So. That could be sooner rather than later. I don't think it'll be Monday, but I guess morning skate will give us a little window there. Uh, Kirill, it, it's, it feels like it's going really well. Every time you talk to anybody around the team, they get a smile on their face, and that's usually a pretty good indication. They're taking the high road, though. I think all along, as soon as they looked at the calendar, they worked backwards from the playoffs and said that final week is probably your best chance to get him back out there. This is just a guess, but I think he'll hit the ice at least on his own this week. It, Dean Evison has hinted at that twice now on the weekend where he's told us, yes, he's uh, he's getting real close, which means when they get back, he'll probably be on the ice, I would guess, early this next week. And then if, if Wild fans are trying to speculate, and, and that's all we can do right now, if things go well when he hits the ice, that last home game 
a week from Tuesday, I believe, at home, ironically, against the Winnipeg Jets, the team he got injured against, is where I think you'll most likely have a chance to see that return. But all we can do right now is wait for the updates and hope for the best. The The one cool thing we, we've talked about, Seth, on this show consistently, especially going back to trade deadline, is what Bill Guerin did. Uh, and, and you see what happened to Mason Shaw tonight, and you cringe, and you feel horrible for the young man, but Bill Guerin uh, believed in this hockey team knows the grind that the regular season and the playoffs provided and got some extra depth. And I, I don't just mean warm bodies. I mean, good hockey players that can make contributions and from Johansson all the way through, this is a much better hockey team than it was the, the week we got together uh, trade deadline week. And, and Bill Guerin and his staff deserve some real credit because this is a team now that's going to lean on some of that depth. Well, and it's a team too, that is playing its best hockey at the end of the season, which is what you want. And, you know, in previous seasons, you've seen where you, you end up losing a handful of games in a row before the postseason. So this feels like a little just a speed bump on the uh, on the road to the end of the year for this team that's that's peaking at the right time. Yeah, it's funny. You get disappointed, right? I sit down on the, the laptop. We're going to do the show. We've had so much fun here in the last six weeks. It's been such a cool ride. And you're disappointed. You're, you're bummed out, and they just lost to the team with the most points in the Western Conference and were competitive and, like you said, had some chances where maybe they could have jumped right back in the game there in the third period. So uh, we're very fortunate right now that this team is in a great spot. You're going to see a super intense game on Monday. You're going to go to Pittsburgh and play a desperate Penguins team led by Sidney Crosby. They took the Bruins to the wire today, but they're on the outside looking in right now in the Eastern Conference. So, and then you get the return of Jordan Bennington in St. Paul on Saturday next week. So, God, this is just its the gift that keeps giving, right? I mean, this is the best time of year to be an NHL fan. There's playoff races in both conferences. I think there's one matchup we know for sure right now, and that's a one we've known for a while with Toronto and Tampa Bay. But it's such a cool time to find, kind of like we're sitting there trying to handicap. Do the Wild get a chance to play Seattle? Will they play Winnipeg? Will they play Dallas? Or do they play Colorado? I mean, it's just every night it changes so much. And so Wild fans take a deep breath. They lost tonight in Vegas. They get a rematch Monday. They leave this town a first-place team with a little over a week to go in the regular season. And if you would have told me that back in uh, in early February, I would have thought you were nuts. So this has been great. Yeah, it's it's been an unbelievable ride. And um, still got a few more a uh, few more regular season games to uh, to keep that first-place hold. And uh, how about how would that be for a banner here this season? Would that be something, right? I mean, this is a team that's uh, started the year already in a in a very weird position with the Suter and Parisi stuff that everybody knows about, and then you know they've had significant time missed throughout the season. Key players, I look at the two probably most important at each of their positions: Jonas Brodin and now Kirill Kaprizov, and the way they've been able to hold serve throughout both those situations and play at a high level. The, the way the goaltending has developed. And, and I just think this coaching staff, you know, I, I don't think they get enough credit. You know, they were, they were asked in the off season to make some subtle adjustments and they've done that. Dean Everson just seems to have a finger on the pulse of his team at every turn. And he's given plenty of time in these post-game pressers to hang certain players up the dry. Won't do it. I watch the way these guys respond for him every day at practice. I see the way the effort they put out every night. I, I got a good, I really have a good feeling about the way this team is going about their business. And they learned a lesson last year, Seth, and it doesn't guarantee them anything this year. But I will tell you this, 
they got to the playoffs last year and thought that they could just automatically keep winning games the way they had won them, and it wasn't sustainable. This is a different way of winning games this year. Defense, grit, better special teams, goaltending. That, to me, sounds like playoff hockey, and I think this team, even without Kevin Fiala, is built better to win in the postseason than last year's record-breaking team. And so now you got a arrested superstar waiting in the wings, and I, I think you got a team sitting in a great position, and I just can't wait to see where how it all turns out. And I think Monday will go a long way to dictating whether this team can win the division or not. I'm not going to say it's a must win, but, boy, it would be nice to bank those two points and continue to hold that uh, that spot up top. Yeah, it's it's that – Kind of that that show me game uh, against the uh, like you said the top team in the Western Conference right now and uh, would be would be really nice to be able to uh, to get even with them after what uh, what they were able to do here not only tonight but then that last time at the XL Energy Center too but uh, that will wrap up tonight's Locked On Wild postcast Kevin thanks for the time as always we'll chat with you after Monday's game and hopefully the Wild will uh, have another win in their pockets after uh, that matchup. So we'll see what happens. Listeners, make sure you stay tuned in with Lockdown Wild wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on social media. Follow us everywhere so you don't miss out on any content throughout the week. Full episodes every Monday through Friday, plus pre- and post-game content as well. You can find us as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.